Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the very first Steel Wars chat show, call-in show. This is going to be a quite the experiment. I've got my co-host for this episode, hopefully chiming in at any moment now. I'm here. Oh, my God. <laughs> is it working? I can hear you. It's, it's, oh, it's good. A little bit- good. Thanks, the maker, because it seemed like it was not going to work for a second there. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm just getting used to this blog talk radio, the like the studio screen and stuff, and it it doesn't allow much for testing beforehand. It's just straight in. So yeah, they just we're kinda, here. They just kind of drop you in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think if people call in the number, which is on all the um, the paraphernalia, you can Skype in at, it's an American number, but you can just Skype in on 646-668-8360. And you can chat to us. But um, we've got so much in Star Wars news. We've also got, we, we should try to get a little bit of professionalism after our um, incompetence is we've got uh, <laughs> Dominic Jones, my good friend from the Star Wars underworld. How you doing, buddy? Oh, it's, it, I'm so excited to be here for this uh, extraordinary experiment. Um, <laughs> ho- hopefully, hopefully your listeners aren't sick of me after the um, the amount of, of podcasts that we put out or that I was on of yours during celebration. But if they're not, I'm glad of that, and I'm happy to be back. Well, I'm on every episode, so they're going to be sick of me sooner. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Now, that's, that's what's called when somebody stops listening to a podcast is when they're sick of the host. Like, I can't take this guy anymore. I'm just done. Just delete, delete, delete. Get over it, mate. Just move on. Yeah. <laughs> Helicopter lightsabers right. are our thing. Just move on. It's, it happened and keep going. <laughs> Why do you have to start like that? Why do you yeah, have to start like that? I, All right, so... <laughs> I've got a few different things uh, happening, which, you know, some of which I, I got off the Star Wars Underworld.com. Um, we've got the passing of Kenny Baker. We've got Rogue One Black Series figures released in Asia somehow. We've got Rogue One Empire covers. We've got the editing on Star Wars Episode Eight beginning. The Rogue One, a Star Wars Story International trailer with new dialogue uh you just picked up or got sent the rebel season 2 dvd i i want to start with this dominic jones i was very interested on the star wars underworld episode maybe it was last week's one and and you had some very firm feelings about the 3d blu-ray release (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I, I really what it comes down to is the fact that I don't like that they waited six months between the original release and the 3D release. I don't see why you would do that other than to get more money from Star Wars fans because, as you, as you know, and as we are living exam- but, but examples of... I'm, I'm going to come at you from the other, other way. Now, yeah. what, is, what, like, what, what other reason is there to release a Blu-ray than money? I, I, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, when you look at it from the Disney perspective, and I get that. I totally get that. But to me, I, I look at it from the fan perspective, and you know, I want to, I want to have the option of to buy the version of the Blu-ray that I want, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to the fans to say we're just going to make you essentially buy everything twice because that's what, what's what they're doing here. Unless you have a 3d TV, then you're essentially paying $40 for a bunch of stuff you already got plus a JJ commentary and a couple of new featurettes, which, you know, if they want to put that out available, like as some kind of download or something for $12 or $15, and maybe I'd, I'd, I'd actually be more inclined to buy that. Uh, but when you basically say, just buy everything again and we'll put this one extra thing in that you want and we're going to charge you more than you paid the first time, it just doesn't seem like, that doesn't seem like a good way to treat your fan base. Hmm. Do you think maybe, because while you're, you know, the actual item you're paying for is the film in 3D. Mm-hmm. And like, do you think, like from from how you're spinning it, it's it's the extras is what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I mean that that is true. That is true. That if you uh, if you want to buy the movie and you want to get the movie in 3D, it, it is a different uh, it is a different scenario. But they're also including a regular 2D Blu-ray on the box set, so they are also marketing it to people who don't have a 3D TV, which is good. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying you should split things up like that. But when you already put out the 2D movie six months ago, to then say, well, you can buy it again to get all this other stuff that, that, you, that you want, um, if, if you, they're basically saying, you know, if you want the, this extra content and you don't have the 3D, um, the 3D capabilities, then either pay us the $40 to get the thing you, you don't want to get the, the smaller things that you do want or just uh, sit it out and, and don't get it. So it would be preferable to me if there was some kind of other, some like third alternative to where you could pay. I'm, I'm not saying give it to us for free. I'm saying I, I will still pay for it, but not $40 just so I can get the other stuff that I want, not uh without buying the 3D Blu-ray because I have no use for a 3D Blu-ray at this moment in time. Well, not right now. You're doing a podcast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, not, not this moment or the, the moments after the podcast or probably for any moment in the next year, I would say. Probably I don't expect to buy a 3D TV anytime soon. So just say you had a 3D TV and Blu-ray, would your opinion be swayed somewhat? I might be a little bit more, uh, I, to be perfectly honest, I might be a little bit more um, 
happy about it but then i would be sitting there going well why didn't why couldn't you have put out the 3d blu-ray and put out all this other stuff uh six months ago that that to me is the real sort of uh, the, the big the big issue is why are we splitting this stuff up op- over six months why are we mm. why, why are mm. why are they doing that uh because it makes me wonder like it, it doesn't as a fan that doesn't make me feel good about about what they're doing because it's essentially saying we we want you to buy this over and over again we don't want to just give you the op- all the options at once yeah i when you're saying that there's a, a 2D Blu-ray also in the the pack, like I don't know, I, I sort of feel like that's a catch-22 because if you didn't include it, people would compl- like people yeah. complain that way yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, I, I I I agree, and and ultimately, I think all of this could be fixed, or could have been avoided, or have been fixed by just putting the 3D Blu-ray out in April, or delaying the whole thing till May or June. Oh, but Star Wars fans are impatient. They don't yeah, we are. Play. That is true. I, that that might not have uh, <laughs> that might not have flown. The um, what I'm wondering, and I'm not sure if you know this or anyone knows this, Dominic, but mm-hmm. is the commentary going to be on the 2D version as well, or is the 2D version literally just a, a copy of what we got earlier this year? I don't know. I, I I honestly don't know, and I don't think anybody really knows unless you work at Lucasfilm or Disney and, and they are involved in the actual publishing of this. I, that would be a, a question I would like to to know. I I would like to think that it would they would put it on the the 2D uh, Blu-ray as well, so you don't have to you know completely upgrade. But then again, maybe they want people to upgrade to 3D. Maybe Disney has some vested interest there or maybe uh, people behind oh, the scenes feel that. An overarching media conspiracy to get you to yeah. upgrade <laughs> your home entertainment devices. Is that what we're hearing on the first episode of the Steel Wars call-in show? Sure, yeah. yeah. I'll be, I'll be the Star Wars conspiracy nut this week. I'll, I'll, you can find me after the show in my bunker um, with all of my um, Star Wars Nerf guns waiting for the um, Dizpocalypse where um, Mickey Mouse will come to burn all my EU books, I think is, is, X- what, uh, is what I'm most worried about. X-Wing fuel melts Death Star beams. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's I've got that. That's what I've got tattooed on my back. How did you know that? Oh, nice. It was very hard to um, read that off your back just then. If you couldn't tell, I had a. I, I really struggled with that. Now, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm for some reason, Dom. I'm, I, one of my favorite things about Star Wars is about what people you know like and dislike. You know, for different reasons. And even in, you know, with things like this, like, it could annoy me, but it just doesn't. I just don't care. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'll just just buy another disc at 40 bucks. I don't care. Sure. Fair fair enough. I I mean, it it is, you know, that is definitely, definitely one way to look at it. And, And, you know, there are a lot of things that I look at in fandom where people are freaking out about, one thing or another, like the Death Star being upside down or something. I'm like, why are you wasting your time on on that? And and so I totally get that perspective. It's just in this case, because this is the first 
this is the first Star Wars movie of this new era, and we're going to have Star Wars movies every year. I, I feel like this could be a, a bit of a slippery slope into a lot of buying the movies over and over and over again. Not that we haven't done that before, but I, I mean that we'd really like be buying two or three copies of every movie within you know 18 months. Hmm. Because as we, we've spoken about this online, George Lucas once did release the buy this box set before I mess with the film, with the film edition. <laughs> that is true. And, and you know, I, I, I've made this comment, and I know you disagree with it, but I don't think that this is something that Lucas would be doing. I, I do think, you know, that modern marketing of, of movies and stuff would have dictated that, yes, the movie would have been split up, that there would have been a bunch of different smaller releases. There'd be the Blu-ray, the 3D Blu-ray, the DVD, all of that. But I, I think that if Lucas had have been in charge, there wouldn't have been the six-month gap is really what I'm getting at. I, I think everything would have, we would have still gotten the three different versions of it, but I think they would have all come out at the same time because I just look at, when George released the movies, he, he made a point of making that an event and, and constantly including new bonus features. I mean, they, he never, almost never, I can't think of any time that he repeated bonus features across different releases. Even times when I would have liked it if he'd done that, like on the, the Blu-ray, the Saga Blu-ray, I would have loved it if he, put, if he had to put all of the um, prequel deleted scenes that were on the DVDs in with the new deleted scenes and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it was always, there was always something new, something different. So you were getting uh, a different, uh, you were getting new value and it was always on a different medium too. It was, you know, you rarely got two Star Wars releases on the same medium. You know, it, it was always, it was always waiting till the medium was, uh, it had cemented itself as the dominant uh, distribution for home media. You know, he waited for a while with Blu-ray, waited for a while with DVD. And then, once that right. happened, then you would put out a really there was good a few different, box set. There was a few different DVD releases, Dom. There were, there were two. There were two. There was, the, there was the box set in 2004, and then there was the, there was the um, unaltered versions in 2006. And so is that the unaltered versions, they're the ones that have the laser discs as the extra, is that right? Yeah, exactly. And, and see, that, that doesn't that doesn't bother me so much because when you're releasing, you're essentially releasing with the unaltered version, you're just releasing the movie. There wasn't any, the, the, the bonus feature was the unaltered version. So if you wanted the unaltered version, you were buying the movie again. You weren't buying it for some documentary or some new commentary. Whereas if you were just happy with your special editions, you just stuck with the 2004 box set. Hmm. Hmm. Are you going to buy it though, Dom? I don't. I. I honestly. And I. I. I'm telling myself I'm not going to. I'm telling myself I'm not going to. But what I can a see it thinly veiled protest this is. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it now. I'm going to walk into the store. I'm going to see it, and I'm going to go. Oh, fine. I'll buy it. Like I. I. You know. I, when I went on this. I went on this London trip before celebration. I had. You know. I had tried to get tickets to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and then I had sort of come to terms with not seeing it. And then one day I walked in front of the theater and I saw it there, and I was like, 
crap. I'm getting in line for, I'm going to spend all day in line at the box office trying to buy some return tickets, aren't I? Aren't I? And then, yeah, and I spent a whole bunch of, I spent a whole day and a whole bunch of money standing in line to get tickets. So it'll probably be something like that. Uh, You know, it is a very, it's a weak protest, but yeah, no, no, it's not. It's the actions that count in this case. (laughs) What I, the question I would like answered about this Blu-ray uh, 3D is, and and this could really, uh, the answer to this might make you very angry, Dominic, is when did JJ record his commentary? Yeah, that's a good question. Because if he recorded it in February... That then I'm then I'm none too pleased. If you recorded it in June, okay, fine. But if it was like in February, that that's not that's not cool. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm of two minds. I'm of two minds because the other thing is like, you know, Disney, the corporation, said, "Here's a product. Here's how yep. much we'd like for it." And people looked at the product, looked at the extras and went, yes, I will give you my money or no, I won't. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Then if they put out something else and I I guess it's a supply and demand. Like if that's, if you think, like I've got a 3D TV, so it's sort of like, yeah, I've I've never used it in 3D. I should point out that. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, with this uh, 40 bucks. I might be able to, uh, you know, actually get some value out of this device. I can wear these wacky glasses in my house. Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> you could if you want to. <laughs> and, and, but, and if you have the 3D TV, you know, then you do have that option if you do want to watch the movie in 3D from time to time. You can, you know, it is, it is cool. Like, I, I, I would like that to have that option eventually with, with all the movies to, to be able to say, I want to watch it in 2d or I want to watch it in 3d, but um, I'm not at that point yet. And also for all the people, when the first Blu-ray came out said, I'd pay 40 bucks just for a JJ Abrams commentary. <laughs> here's your chance. Yeah. That, I you wasn't, do, I wasn't, you I, can I, do I wasn't that very thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that they, um, I hope it's a casual commentary. I, I really, I think maybe as, as a broadcaster, I was offended at the previous commentaries. I, I hated the way it was like edited sound bites, like mm. almost from like random interviews. Like I, I love the old, my, my commentary is that old classic sort of Kevin Smith style where you get a bunch of people from the film in a room and you watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, I mean, if, if you look at what um, what JJ did with the Star Trek movies, the first Star Trek movie was very much that it was a bunch of them sitting around watching the movie. Whereas the second one, it was kind of weird because they it was like they split up the movie into sections, and then different people commented on different sections. So JJ did, I think he did a couple of a couple of scenes, and the editors did a couple of scenes, and they were that kind of more laid back talk about the movie but they were also very you know chopped up and edited so I, it'll be interesting I, i'm gonna guess this is probably like he just sits there and watches the movie hmm. do you think he has any mates 
I think if he did, they would say. There's no reason. Like, if John Boyega is there watching it with him or Lawrence Kasdan or Kathy Kennedy, I think they would promote that. So you want JJ and Kasdan. There's your 40 yeah. bucks. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Maybe with a, you know, just a young buck loose cannon podcaster coaxing them on. <laughs> so what was really going on in this scene? You just want to be sitting there asking, trying to get all those details that are in the making of book that'll never be released. I, I just feel like, so R2 just woke up then? Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, so... It, was she it, Han Solo's daughter in the original version? Was she? Come on, you, you can tell me. You can tell me. All right, let's. I, in my mind, either she is or she was. I I, I mm. can't see like, and I'm fully open to they because one of my theories is with the Force Awakens is they had this story and then it changed midway and some remnants of that old story got left in. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and, and I, that's, that's always been my theory with the, how Ray and Han, you know, finish each other's sentences. It's like, either it's going to turn out she is mm-hmm. or, or, or she used to be. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. I mean, you know, going into the movie, I'd followed all the spoilers. I'd read all of them on making Star Wars. And so I, I knew more or less what the movie was going to be. And I went into it not expecting her to be uh, Han's, Han's daughter, Han Alea's daughter. I thought she's either going to be Luke's daughter or we're not going to find out in this movie. And then the movie starts and there's all this stuff about who is she? Who is she? There's, you know, there's the great, there's the great little line of her, between her and BB-8. You know, where do you come from? Classified, really? Me too, big secret. And I'm like, oh, I, I wonder if they're going to, if they're going to give us this answer maybe this actually happens and then 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 yeah the stuff with her and han finishing each other's sentences and and all that and it did seem to be going that way and then nothing and then nothing and now it seems like it's probably going in a completely different direction all right i just want to put it out if anyone is listening to this now i can't see on the switchboard how many people are listening i'm not sure if i'm doing the right thing but tweet me at steel wars if you're listening now, that would be fantastic. There are six people in the chat. Uh, one How of have you got the chat? chat? You have to go to the... Um, you can't be in the little like studio thing with the, the, the dialer and, and, and that stuff. You have to click the, the link to the live, to the page where you would listen to the show. Okay, 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 okay. Scroll down, scroll down the page. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to start listening to... The show, to by the show. yeah, by accident, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just sit there listening. Ooh, this sounds pretty good. Yeah, right now we've got listening. We've got Catherine Neen, uh, Charlie Ashby, oh, Emily. I literally started hearing the podcast like on delay. <laughs> 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 it was brutal. Okay, we've got we've got we've got Mick and we've got Emily Lind. They're listening. Emily Lind realizes what this is, and that is content, sweet yeah. content. <laughs> so here's the deal I, we're just trying to learn how to, to do this but if you've got Skype call us on the American number 646-668-8360 it's on there and you can 
I, I believe you'll call in and then I can add you and you can chat with us. That's how it's meant to work. When I listen to other people do this in other genres, that's how it worked. Listen, Dom, you're here complaining okay. about shelling out for this $40 Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. When you're not mentioning that you're saving a couple of Canadian... What are they, what, what's the Canadian dollar called? The Canuck? The Maple? <laughs> the Beaver? <laughs> let's, let's go with that. Any of those. Any of those is... All right. Well, you've saved quite a bit of Canadian hockey pucks. <laughs> I think that's the currency. And uh, you got sent the Rebel Season 2 DVD. How's that been going? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm very excited, very grateful. Um, you know, I, and yeah, maybe it you is a little bit. You don't sound very grateful, mate. You're yeah. complaining about uh, yeah. buying another DVD. Well, maybe I'm, I'm trying to stand up for the fans that don't get sent stuff for free, that, that don't uh, record podcasts and, and, and do websites that are just, you know, they go and, and work all day and, and they come home after slaving away at their desk, crunching numbers or whatever they do. And all they want to do is just watch Star Wars and they'd love the J.J. Abrams commentary, but they don't, they, they, they don't want to throw down the 40 bucks for a movie they already own on Blu-ray just because it's got the, a 3D version or something. That's I'm standing up. I'm standing up for the little guy. That's what I'm doing, Steele. Um, God, you, you just recap the first half an hour of the podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you're just tuning in, this is what you missed. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you're standing up for the little man. You're the Jin Urso of Star Wars podcast. Yes. Yes, I, I rebel. I rebel <laughs> against people who send me this stuff. This calling show is your chance to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. May the force be with us. Come on. So what's what's happening on this uh Rebels Blu-ray? What 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 are we what are we what are we into? Yeah, so I I haven't had a chance to really sit down and watch the episodes yet, but I did check out the bonus features because Oh, I thought I thought you were going to say that was your silent protest just not watching that's it. That's my silent protest is <laughs> to not watch Rebels. No, I just haven't had a chance uh yet. To, uh, to to watch them, uh, I am looking forward to revisiting season two. I, I thought season two was uh, uneven at times. It, 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 you know, I thought season one was very very strong, and, and season two didn't quite run with that the way I was hoping it would. Uh, but it, can, can I ask you, Dom? Yeah. Can I ask you? Is like when you say it's uneven, has there ever been in your mind an even series of Star Wars animation? Um, closest would be season two of uh, Clone Wars, I would think. That would be the closest. Um, or season season five. Uh, season five had that. Hmm. Season four, no, that had that. There's always the droid episodes that um, that throw it off. Yeah, no, the Star Wars Star Wars has never been very. Um, the, the Star Wars TV has never been very even, but. That that is true, uh, but uh, something about season two really felt like they were kind of all over the place, more so than even the wackiest seasons of Clone Wars. Like, uh, you know, Clone Wars season three is sort of uh, epitomizes it, where the first half was very uneven. There was some really good stuff, but there was also some real some stuff that really just didn't work. But then the second half of the season, like straight through from from as soon as they introduced the Savage Press all the way through the episodes with Chewbacca was some of the best, one of the best runs of Star Wars TV. And, and I think season one of Rebels was actually pretty close to that. Um, you know, there's, there were a couple of episodes here and there that, that didn't quite land. Uh, whereas I think season two had, had more of those episodes that didn't quite land. And, and there was, 
there didn't seem to be a lot of purpose to what they were doing. It was another another week of stealing fuel or another week of uh, you know breaking somebody out of of, of prison. You know, it, what, there wasn't there wasn't a sense of urgency the way there was in season one. Um, and, and I'm hoping that season three rein, reinstates that a little bit. But I, I find two things about Star Wars animation that you know one that it's hard to have an even season because I don't think they know who they're broadcasting to or like they're in two minds of like, it's a kid show, but it's mainly watched by 30 year old men. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, I mean, the best episodes of Clone Wars are the ones where it seemed like they really, they chose to focus on the 30 year old man, you know, the older, the older audience who were, into that show, especially in the the later seasons where they really didn't do very many kitty episodes. But then by that same token in season five, I thought the, the young Jedi arc, which was conceived as the possible backdoor pilot for its own kitty series. I thought that was also some of the strongest stuff of, of season five. So you're, yeah, there is kind of that weird balance that they don't they really don't know who they're making it for because I mean, it never does, it never really does super well uh, in terms of any traditional ratings. It does okay. It does good. It does good enough. But it's not like the, the runaway success that I think they thought it could or should be. And, and so then they start looking at, okay, who is actually watching the show and who is the most vocal audience? It's the people that are, you know, watching Rebels Recon or or going to the panels at Celebration. And that's um, mostly, mostly it seems adults, uh, because, you know, we love star Wars and unlike children, we actually have the, the, the ability to make decisions about going to, to celebration. We don't have to beg a parent to take us or, or something. Oh, so not allowed to travel around the world to go to celebration. You eight year yeah. old. Yeah. Oh, that's bad luck, mate. <laughs> yes. It's a shame. It's a shame. You keep, can't keep, just, just, you just keep on, saving up for a, your little second Blu-ray of the year, buddy. <laughs> Saving his little pennies. He's like, oh, $17 isn't enough to get on a flight to go to London? Oh. Um, well, yeah. In Canada, they're saving their maples. Their maples, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think 17 maples is like the equivalent of like $3 US or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so what's the special? What, what are the features like? Um, so the features they are they they put on all of the Rebels Recon, so you can rewatch those on TV oh, that's if cool. you want. Um, and then there are two main features. There's the what are they officially called? There's the Connecting the Galaxy Rebels Season Two, and it just kind of takes you through some of the the little Easter eggs that they put in the show that connect to other things. So like Ezra holding up the, the three bladed lightsaber. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. That is not an Easter egg. Yeah, no, it's that that sort of thing. There's nothing hidden about that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's that sort of thing. Or like the clones having, um, little scars on their foreheads from where they removed their chips and, and that sort of thing. So it, it, it's, it's little things like that. It's, it's very much oriented at kids and, and sort of getting kids interested in Star Wars outside of, of Rebels and, and, you know, 
looking at what else is going on in the Star Wars galaxy. They seem to be really be pushing Clone Wars in that as well, really pushing Clone Wars and Force Awakens. That seems to be what they're really uh, trying to get uh, kids interested in, and they're really focusing on the connections there. And then the other one is, is Blu-ray exclusive, so if you're getting the DVD, you can't get this. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you notice Dom's not complaining about this because he got sent it for free. <laughs> no, I, I do think that's um, I do think that's a bit. I, any t- anytime they do that, I think that's kind of lame, uh, just in general. But yeah, um, this one is called uh, "From Apprentice to Adversary: Vader versus Ahsoka," and it's basically Filoni going over the story of of Ahsoka and Vader, or, or Ahsoka and Anakin, and Ahsoka and Vader, and, and talking about uh, some of the creative decisions that went into it. It's okay. It it really feels heavily edited, though. Like it feels like they they sat a camera down in front of Filoni and said, "Talk about this for an hour," and they cut it into five minutes, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and so it's it's okay. I, I'm not I, the, the the features are I gotta say are a little bit underwhelming. I guess if the, you're gonna find the most depth if you watch the Rebels Recon again, which is a, again it's it's unfortunate. It's it's it would be nice to get some really in depth stuff about what goes into creating these stories and some of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, but you know they they i think they look at i'm sure they have all sorts of market research about what people want and who buys these things and that sort of thing and who actually watches that stuff and i guess they decided it's not worth it so we'll see i you know i i really feel like you know you look at some of the stuff we got at celebration like some of those panels like there's so much there's so much more information that they could be telling us on a on a blu-ray that you know they they tell some of those stories at celebration um, you know, Filoni talked about at the Ahsoka Untold Untold Tales panel. He talked about some of the alternate ideas that he had for the Ahsoka Vader fight that I think would have been really cool. They showed some of the concept art and including this drawing that he did on a whiteboard at Lucasfilm, where everybody saw this this drawing and they were afraid to erase it. And basically, the person that had to erase this basically this storyboard of the final confrontation between Ahsoka and Vader uh, for season two. The guy who had to erase it was Ryan Johnson because he needed the, the, the whiteboard to work on episode eight. And he was like calling Filoni, Filoni like, you made sure to take lots of pictures of this because I don't want to be the guy that loses this forever because this is amazing. So there's stories like that that are just kind of fun behind the scenes things that I think they could like, it would be Lucas nice film. if they would put on Blu-ray. Yeah. I have to eat like Lucasfilm You've got all this extra Blu-ray 3D cash coming in. Get down to Ikea and spring for a new whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just yeah, run out to the store and get a new one. You could auction the Filoni one off, get a bit of cash yeah. for the, the force for change or something. But I, I don't know what life is like in America sometimes. Because in Australia, <laughs> we are in a bountiful plains of lush whiteboard country. We have a surplus of them. Just giving them away. Now, you should send one to Lucasfilm with like a and have it gift wrapped and say just so you don't have like two Dave or something on it. <laughs> just to have written on it too late. The <laughs> you, you you brought up the alternate the battle for Darth Vader and Ahsoka, and yeah. I, I think we're in agreement that mm-hmm. it was. I don't know for us that would have been a lot more of a satisfying conclusion in that in one proposed ending Ahsoka cut off. A bit of Anakin's mask Uh in the actual finale. Eyebrow and all. 
people got very yeah. upset about the eyebrow. Eyebrow watch. Eyebrow watch. Eyebrow watch. And <laughs> at that point in the alternate version, Darth Vader gives Ahsoka the old saber through the gut treatment. And mm-hmm. that's it. She dies looking at Anakin, which I yeah. thought was, oh, that's a yeah, that's so that's so powerful. Like that is that that really to me uh, would have been a, an extraordinarily powerful ending and really preferable to to what we got because you know if they want to make her survive that confrontation, I think as the audience we're owed an explanation of why and how, because that's not a confrontation that people should be able to walk away from easily. And I think to, to literally close the door on that fight as it was happening to me was like, forget everything, anything that you didn't like in, in seasons one or two of rebels, anything in six seasons of the clone wars that didn't work. That to me is the, the greatest sin that star Wars animation has committed was closing the door on that fight, because that is something that as, as audience members, we've been looking forward to that since 2008. And in a way as storytellers, they've been building up to it since 2008. And, you know, Filoni mentioned at that Ahsoka panel that on her back some way, somehow. And I think that he was strongly implying that it will be on rebels. So I hope that they give us that explanation that they, that they, that they work that into the story. Um, because it, 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 the way it stands right now, I, I really feel, um, I, you know, I walked away from season two, um, not feeling very excited about rebels. And I compare that to how season one ended with Ahsoka's arrival and that great episode with the, the, where they defeated the grand inquisitor and Tarkin was there and all of this crazy stuff was going on where that season one finale, I walked away from that so excited and so happy with the state of the star Wars galaxy um, to then, you know, 22 episodes later have a complete 180 to where I'm walking away going, I just, I don't know like that, that really did not work for me. And so, you well, know, well, the big question is Dom, you yeah. walked away from the series two finale. Did Ahsoka walk away? Did Ahsoka- <laughs> I, I I think she's alive in that temple in some way, but she can't leave. I think that's what happened there. Yeah, I I just think Floney piped. Like, mm. you know, the whole oh, we might like how many times can you bring her back? Like, exactly. Yeah, it was it when she walked away from the Jedi at the end of season five big moment because we didn't know what her future was and then when the show was canceled we really didn't know what her future was and so when she came back it was this huge moment of everybody who's a fan of clone wars and a fan of that character coming together and, and celebrating this triumphant return it was something we'd always wanted to see and we were going to we were going to see it and then it was almost like they were they went let's do that again. Like, let's try that again. Like, let's have her leave her fate ambiguous again. And then uh, we'll see if we can recreate that excitement when she returns the, the second time. Hmm. Like I uh, just, that to have her die in that way, looking at the mask. Oh man, yeah. that would have given that cartoon just such gravitas. Like yeah, we did it, it in this crazy way. 
Yeah. And I think it would have been like, I think it would have been a satisfying conclusion and also a very, very tragic one of, you know, it's like she can see him, but he almost can't see her. You know, it's even though it is Anakin looking at her, it's it's still very much Darth Vader. And so, you know, she would have had that final moment of looking into Anakin's eyes and seeing that he was not there, you know, that he is so buried that only Luke could, could get to him. And, you know, she, for all her attempts, she failed to either stop him or reach him. And I think uh, that the Clone Wars era and this, um, the Clone Wars era, the prequel era is a tragic era and Ahsoka by definition, I think needs to be a tragic character. You know, there's not really any characters in the prequel era that get a happy ending. Like, like name me one, like they all die. They all die in like horrible ways uh, or they fail brutally and, and have to like struggle and, and scrape by to, to hopefully get, get Luke or Leia, one of these two kids to, you know, they have to put all their hopes on, on them. And so it's, it's, it's a tragic era. And I think, uh, ah- ahsoka is uh, is is a part of that and needs to be given the same treatment what about watto he would have ended okay <laughs> yeah sure watto watto well maybe it's different when you're living out there on tatooine but i mean when we see watto in episode two he's not doing so great you can compare him he's how he all right puberty one. kicked in he grew a beard he's getting into the <laughs> cantina without id now yeah, Fine. yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> Wasn't there some sort of artwork or something that, like, I'm not sure it was in the pre-production, but or, of Dexter Jetster's restaurant and it was all abandoned? It was closed down? Am I just really? making this up? I, I, I don't know that one. Maybe uh, that's maybe fan, it was art. fan art or something, but that was sad that he had to close up yeah. shop. Yeah, no, that, that was sad. <laughs> Although... You know, if you assume detours in, is canon, then it, it kept going as a as a popular um, top spot for all the intergalactic celebrities for many years. Um, okay, well, well, in that case, it closed <laughs> up. That's sad. Yes. Hey, you guys, I hope you're enjoying the very first Steel Wars call-in show. And just a heads up, if you're new to Steel Wars, our other podcast, which is also free on iTunes, the Steel Wars Star Wars podcast, each week goes in-depth into Star Wars fandom, interviewing cast and crew, super fans, musicians, artists, actors, and celebrities that have been inspired by the saga we all know and love. If you've never heard it before, I'm going to point out a few key episodes. Episode 102, Pretty Fresh, with Nathan Hamill, the son of Mark Hamill, who, of course, played Luke Skywalker in the saga, giving us a very unique view on what it's like to be a Star Wars fan when your father is Luke Skywalker. Episode 77, with Julian Smirk, associate editor of The Force Awakens, gives you an unprecedented look into the behind the scenes work that went into editing one of the biggest films of all time. You will learn things that you have not read or heard anywhere else on the internet when you check out this episode. And episode 64 with legendary film critic Leonard Moulton talking about his now iconic interviews that appeared in the 90s VHS box set release. The very first time George Lucas talked about the Star Wars prequels on 
Hamra. Amazing memories from the great man Leonard Moulton. All there up on iTunes or at SteelWars.com. If you are brand new to Steel Wars with no false modesty, you are in for a listening treat. Get over to the Steel Wars feed. You can also access it at SteelWars.com. Get downloaded. Hey, I'm just going to do something, Dom. I'm going to try. I'm going to try ring the number. Okay. So on my phone, I'm going to see what happens. Yes. Okay, this should be interesting. Welcome to Black Talk Radio. Please hold, and you'll be able to listen to the show. Okay, so I'm in. Oh, now I can hear myself. This is so exciting. Can you hear me, Dom? I. I okay. can hear you. Uh, well, I can. I can hear you. I don't know if I can hear you over your mic or over the phone. Oh, we might be able to get a bit of. Um... If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Reverb, bit of Kanye vibes going on here. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm hearing you double. <laughs> This is hilarious. Dexter Jester. Dexter Jester. 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 Eight three six oh! Oh my God, we've got someone calling in, Dom. Got a caller. It looks like they're from Australia, so let's. Um, hopefully, this works. Hey there. Hello, Steel. Yes. Hi. Who is this? Where are you calling from? It's Peter Steele. Oh, hey, Pete. How are you? Good, mate. Good, mate. Uh, just ringing to find out when you're going to do a live um, uh, voiceover of the latest Star Wars and take the piss out of it. Have you moved on enough to do that yet? Have I moved on? Um, yeah, we, we should do that soon. We do the um, the comedy commentaries over over the films, and I've actually got a few that I've got to put up on the supporter page. We've got the Phantom Menace and the Holiday Special, and yeah, we should do that possibly in November, Peter. No, oh, that sounds excellent. That sounds excellent. The the Star Wars holiday special one was a, a very traumatic experience, but I've moved on from it since. <laughs> <laughs> it goes for so long. It goes for like two and a half hours. It's, it's yeah, at, least, at least it was in a bar. You could go and get drinks to numb the pain. <laughs> oh man, I was I was very numb by the end. I was I was traveling through time and space, but. The the version we did it on, Dom, had the yeah. old commercials from the original oh, screening. Oh yeah, no, in it. I know that version. I know that version. And it was quite sad that they had these advertisements for like support American factories and American, you know, like blue collar oh. workers and stuff. 
or oh. otherwise we'll, you know, we're going to lose that industry. And it's sort of just like, ooh, they didn't, they didn't take those ads seriously enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You look on, you look back at those with a completely different, completely different light. Yeah, no, I, I know the version you're talking about. We did a, we also did a commentary of it uh, at the Star Wars Underworld about. Hey, we've all got stuff ago. going on, mate. Yeah, no, hey, hey, we did. I think we did ours first too. That's the other thing. We did ours about oh, two years here ago. We go. Yeah, we did ours about two years ago, and we watched the version with the commercials. And the commercials are almost more interesting than the, than the special itself. Uh, they, they're, that, that thing is pretty bad. We, we watched, <laughs> I, I, we watched a, ver, a, a clip of it in one of my, uh, one of my classes this year. I took a class on, um, science fiction television. Pain. Yeah. <laughs> Pain, yeah. On torture. Um, it's a really weird college. I don't understand. Uh, no, on science fiction television and the prof just started playing it at the beginning of a lecture. And so people look up and they see Han and Chewie and they're like, Oh, this is star Wars. And it was about, two months after The Force Awakens, so everybody had that in their mind of what Star Wars is. And then we got to that, like, weird Wookiee circus act and all the crazy stuff. Eventually, she put us out of our misery when she stopped it when uh, Mark Hamill came on with his three tons of makeup and R2-D2 and an X-ray. Yeah. It was, like, one of those things, like, as the, as the, the, Star, the big Star Wars fan in that class, I'm, like, trying, like, People are going to ask me about this. I don't want to have to explain the, the horror that is the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> um, Charlie, uh, our friend from London, says the, he's pretty sure the Dex closing thing was in Aftermath. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. That, 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 now that you mention it, it does kind of sound vaguely familiar. Like It does sound like something that was in one of those interludes or, uh, or something. And I, in my head, I just imagine it with all graffiti over it. Because you know, like when a fast food place closes down, like a, a McDonald's or a Pizza Hut, yeah. and just like overnight, people just graph it to death. Once that's closed, that is a, a hot target. Um, do you have any, uh, like a Star Wars question to get us going there, Pete? No, no, no. I'll let you go, guys. I've got to go and mow the lawn or do domestic stuff. I'll let someone else of the mini callers call in. I'll catch you later, guys. Thank you. Right. See, See you soon. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. All right. It Pete, worked. First caller. It worked. <laughs> he can it hold that worked. distinction among uh, Steel Wars listeners for years. He was the first. He was the first live call-in on the show. The, the, the Pete Award for the first caller. We should we should get yeah. that going. Pete actually um, takes a lot of photos of the live podcast in Melbourne. So oh, nice. if you've awesome. if you've seen photos of me laughing on stage and stuff, that's um, <laughs> that's normally him. That is right. normally him. All right, what well, else have we got going? I, yeah, well, I, um, I just want to say about the live shows. If anybody, for people that are listening that haven't gone to one of the live shows, you need to go. You need to go. If you're in Melbourne or if you're anywhere that Steel is doing these live shows, they're so much fun. I got to go to the one in London, uh, the the one with Tom Bell. That was just like I, I had such a good time and, and the, it, it's so much fun to, to be. It was like a little very mini of, of just all these people together uh, enjoying a, a, a Star Wars uh, discussion. And, and everybody there loves Star Wars and we had a lot of fun before and after and during the podcast. <laughs> especially during, please, please. <laughs> yeah, especially during. Now, that was the best part. Sure. Yeah, that was the best part. 
<laughs> was watching yeah, well, like, actually, you know, um, try to ask questions about the force awakens <laughs> yeah the we've got one in melbourne next uh sadly actually so uh there you go yeah Get go. With it. And, go. and then if we're doing the la the la podcast festival in september so good oh, times nice. afoot oh we've got another caller dom so let's uh All right. see what they want to talk about who are you I and where are you calling them. from? Who are we talking to? It's Emily. Hey, Emily. Emily. Hey, Emily. A, uh, a huge presence on my, uh, on my Twitter feed, calling from New York, I believe. Yes, New York. Very cool. What's on your mind, Emily? What do you want to talk about? Um, I've been sort of wondering, and we're all really big Star Wars fans, obviously, so what do you think Rogue One to people who are more casual fans? Like, what mm. do you think the excitement levels are? Because I know, like, when when the new movie came out, my mom wasn't even going to go see it until she learned that, like, Han and Leia and everybody was going to go, was in it, and then she was excited. But, I mean... Rogue One seems like a much harder sell in that way. And I'm sort of wondering if you have any like thoughts of how it plays to people who aren't like us. <laughs> I like that term, people that aren't like us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's it's going to be very interesting. I'm surprised they're not using Vader as much as I thought they would. Uh, maybe they will as we get closer to the movie itself, but I, I, I'm kind of surprised that he's not on the poster or anything like that. I, I would think that they would maybe try and draw people in with the, the promise of seeing Darth Vader. Then again, we've seen, that, seen what happened with Suicide Squad and people went in wanting to see the Joker and were disappointed and now are apparently trying to sue Warner Brothers or that, which is just insanity. So maybe, maybe that's not the best idea. I, I, I wonder about that myself because it is so hard to think to put ourselves in the shoes of people who aren't like us, who aren't following this stuff on a daily basis and listening to podcasts and, and reading websites and, and waiting desperately for the trailers to show up online. I, I, I really do wonder what it is. I'd like to know what somebody who didn't know about Rogue One or kind of knew that Rogue One was kind of a thing that might happen thought of that trailer when it came on during the Olympics. Like I, I'd be really curious to know what, what people think of that and I mean, it's still, people seem to be very excited about it. There's lots of buzz about it. So I, I don't think it'll bomb at the box office as, as much as I'm sure there are plenty of uh, entertainment writers with their documents ready to go that say, Rogue One, a Star Wars flop, or, or something like that. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I am curious to see how they're going to to really reach that that audience and I mean, the fact, the fact that they skipped Comic Con and, and didn't really, didn't, didn't debut a trailer at Celebration, instead going with the Olympics, I think, um, speaks sp speaks to the fact that they they they're wondering about that too, and they're worried about that too. Well, especially because it fits, it slots into such a specific point in Star Wars canon mm -hmm. that I can see if if it's not something you followed closely you might be confused with what's going on when you're first, like, walking into the theater. And yeah. that's something I think they need to address at some point 
in the advertising campaign. Well, I've spoken to people that, you know, they're just... They're the people that would go to see Star Wars and, and possibly buy the DVD or the Blu-ray when it comes out. And, and they seemed, like, pretty pumped on it, just just sort of based on the visuals and the action. Like, I, I, I'm not even sure whether they got when it was set, but they were just like, Adats, getting shot. Yeah, <laughs> got to go see that. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, and- I, I'm interested how it will get... Like, without the crawl, it's just like, how do you set that time? Yeah, how do you... I, was, I was just going to say the same thing. And my, my thing with the crawl is, you know, people say, oh, you don't have to do that. It's a Star Wars story. You can do other things. But you've got to make sure that other thing is way better than this thing we've already got that's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I've, like, I've been thinking about like, that. Like, you like, can do a trippy... Is- credits scene or you know something totally new and off the wall but is it going to beat giant yellow letters going through space is it mm-hmm. yeah and when they started to say oh we don't think we're going to do the crawl we're probably not going to do the crawl i've started to think like of the things we've seen can we kind of figure out what might be the first scene in the movie like can we look at the trailers and go oh, maybe that would be a, a cool opening action and i almost wonder if like the movie might open with her being walked into the yavin base like that might be the, the dropping off in the middle but but i don't know if that's necessarily true to star wars either because star wars has always begun with the, like an action sequence of some some design some regard and i really personally i I feel like for this one especially, they need a crawl. I, I really think they do, and and maybe we can reevaluate when it comes time for the Han Solo movie, and it's going to be a a different tone. But with this, where it's it's this war movie, and it's set in a completely different era, it's the first one. I I feel like we need to to ground people in that era. But then again, is that even enough? Like, let's be honest. Does the average moviegoer know the difference between the Empire and the First Order. Oh, no. I, I, yeah. I should just say there's someone on Skype on hold. We will get to you uh, shortly, so hold tight. But how are they going to fit in all the backstory for where it's set and also mm-hmm. have Saw Guerrera explain six seasons of the Clone Wars in the same film? <laughs> Because that's what we want as Star Wars fans, yeah, is to him to mention everything that happened in the Clone Wars, everyone he met, just callback after callback, you know, mentioning yeah. Anakin Skywalker, then winking else. at the screen. I, I, you know, I, I know you're joking, and I don't want that to happen where he just describes the Onderon arc for us over five minutes. But if he could drop the name Anakin Skywalker, I would kind of freak out. I got to, no lie. <laughs> I, I think he should reference, you know, maybe the passing of his sister without mm-hmm. mentioning the passing of his sister. I think that would be yeah. like Absolutely. enough to satisfy like the Clone Wars fans and keep it vague and Star Warsy. Like, you know, just if he sort of I don't know, looks to the horizon and says, We've all lost people or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. like that that's all you need. 
That's all you need. You don't <laughs> need to... This reminds me of when Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka was training me to do some weird form of bowling tank blowing up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like some kind of passing reference to, yeah, like we've all lost people or the fact that maybe just mentioned that he trained with the Jedi or he fought alongside the Jedi, like some little passing reference to that that's vague and obscure. But those of us that watch Clone Wars will know exactly what he's talking about in that moment. Yeah, like, and, you know, Emily's question about when, you know, people getting their head around when the film is set. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's such a a big like I, I just think like I go to see a Marvel film and I, I don't really have a clue what's going on and <laughs> okay. I just go watch it <laughs> okay. no, like once I start watching it I know but like when, as I'm going into the cinema I'm like yeah, I don't really know what this film's about but it'll explain it to me oh okay it's like this is going on like I, I think the film on its own and, and just the, the, you know, it's Star Wars. I, it's, I don't know if Star we Wars sort of so overthink that. Yeah. And then if it's, if it's good, then a lot more people will go. Like, it's a thing of, like, does it have more of a Force Awakens long-term, you know, obviously I don't think it will be to that level, or does it Suicide Squad, you know, huge mm. first weekend and then you're done, son. Yeah. That's my fear. That's my fear is that it'll burn out like Suicide Squad or, or Batman v Superman or something like that. Like it, it, that it would have that really exciting weekend. But I mean, that was the fun of The Force Awakens is that it kept going and, and people still wanted to talk about it. And, you know, you're getting into the new year and it, it, you know, well into the new year and people were still going to see it for the first time and still talking about it. And, you know, that was so much fun. And we'll never quite have that again. I think we say that a lot when it comes to The Force Awakens. But if we can capture uh, something similar, then I think we're, we're in for a lot of fun with, with the Rogue One release. Now, while we've still got Emily on the line, and this is a question for both her and Dominic, I find, like, hey, like there's no Darth Vader on the poster, Dom. You just mentioned that. I don't mm. even... I have a hard time... And maybe it's just my Star Wars traditionalist head... But I have a hard time registering, sorry, registering the, that poster we got given at Celebration as the poster for Rogue One. Like, there's got to be another yeah. poster, yeah? I, 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 I wonder about that, because I'm the same way. Like, I, I, I've almost, like, I almost forget that that happened, because so much else happened during Celebration, and then I'll see the poster, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a thing. And, and during Comic-Con, uh, Jason, uh, Jason Ward was showing me, he's like, somebody just sent me this picture. Do you recognize it? And we're looking at it like, is this a new picture from, uh, from Rogue One? And then we realized, nope, that's just the zoomed in on the poster and it's got K2SO in it. And sort of like, I didn't even realize that K2 was on the poster. Like I, I have, have not really um, paid it that much attention. It, 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 it's weird. Like it's, it's something that could have we could have spent hours pouring over it, but instead it just kind of dropped in the middle of that panel. And, you know, then we've had a trailer and we haven't really had a chance to uh, absorb it and enjoy it. And, and so, yeah, I, I do kind of wonder if there's maybe another poster that's coming because it's a, it's a cool poster, but it looks very much like fan art and, and it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't really, yeah. like, 
set up the characters or anything. Like, you don't really, if you look closely, you see K2SO, but you don't really see Jin or Cassian or any of these characters. Uh, it doesn't do I, much. I, I have the poster, and I didn't even know that K2 was on it. So, yeah. the, I, when we got given it, I thought it was just like a sort of a one-off. Like the D23 poster. Of, yeah, and then when I saw it in cin- like it was in cinemas, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's not, that to me doesn't seem like good marketing for that you know, that person that Emily's talking about. What do you think, Emily? Well, no, I, I mean, I don't think casual person walking by that poster even necessarily thinks, oh, that's Star Wars. Like, I, I mean, I understand that they want these these standalone movies, like the, the Star Wars story, to be their own thing. But I think you you still need to make it Star Wars. And I, I, I like that poster. I think it's a nice poster, but it doesn't it doesn't scream, hey, it's a Star Wars poster to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that Star Wars is underneath Rogue One, like it's, it's the smallest text on the poster to me is kind of surprising that they're not leading with, hey guys, this is a Star Wars movie. Come see a Star Wars movie. Instead, they're saying, come see Rogue One. Like, they're not, it doesn't seem like they're, you would think just calling it Star Wars Rogue One would be better for it. I mean, look at the Force Awakens uh, logo. It's like, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Like, it's, it's, it really wants you to know that you're going to see a Star Wars movie. That preview poster, it, it seems like a exotic Kentucky tour. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get putting Star Wars second. And that, because otherwise, people, again, people like my mom think, oh, this is the new movie in the trilogy. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I, I do understand that. I do understand that. But just purely from, we want to, from a, we want to get butts in the seats um, uh, idea, I would think that maybe putting Star Wars first might be, might sell more tickets. But then, you're right, that might confuse people too. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's, It's a weird one. That sounds like some weird nerd political campaign slogan. Put Star Wars first. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's my uh, that's my slogan for my um, uh, anti Force Awakens 3D Blu-ray campaign. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, thanks so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Emily. Bye. Just a heads up that our now world famous asterisk Your Snoke Theory Sucks and the Have You Seen Him stickers and t-shirts are now available from the Steel Wars merch store. You can get a 10 pack of stickers for just $5 Australian, which is under $4 American. It helps support the podcast and you also get instantly 10 bonus supporter exclusive episodes handpicked by little old me. Check it out at SteelWars.com. All right, so I'm going to try, bring on, I believe they're Skyping in. Mick from Brisbane. Mick McConnell? Yes, that's me. How are you? Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) I think that's everyone. Yeah. Um, great show, guys. Mick does a great job. Uh, he does the little sizzle clips of the uh, older episodes for us, Doc. Oh, fantastic. I love those. Those are great. What's going cool. on, Mick? What's on your mind? 
Mate, I, I think you might have covered a lot of it with uh, Emily just now, but I was, I was just, um, through the week you posted a great re-edit of the Rogue One, Rogue One trailer with, uh, paired up with the Beastie Boys Sabotage song, <laughs> oh. which is an awesome song. And that, uh, that came out great. Uh, but it got me, uh, you posted a comment and said, I, you know, I'd never want this sort of music in a Star Wars film. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's lots of fun for that, that clip. Um, it got me sort of thinking, you know, what, what is okay to change in these spin-off films? If we didn't have the crawl and it suddenly opened, you know, cold open in the middle of the battlefield, you know, shaky shoulder cam like Saving Private Ryan, would that be okay? Um, for, for me, I think... You can change most things, especially in the spin-off films. You have to be a little bit more reverent with the um, episodic films. But with the spin-off films, you can change just about everything. And, and I agree with the, the Beastie Boys thing. Like, it's, it's a cool little mech, uh, mashup, but I don't ever want to hear an Earth song in a Star Wars movie. But I would, you know, maybe a few years down the line, I might be okay with, like, having like rock music in a star Wars movie, as long as it's composed for the star Wars movie, almost like, you know, lap neck or Jabba flow, but like a yeah, more of yeah. a rock and roll version of something like that. So I, I could, I could be okay with something like that as long as it's not done as, as, um, stupidly as it was done in, um, star Trek beyond you know, it would have to be done right and done well and not be the beastie boys or, the Rolling Stones or Green Day or something like that. It would have to be a, a new thing in universe for uh, to work. No alien singing to an imaginary camera that's not there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that was weird, wasn't it? The yeah, I, you, I don't know. I, I think I'm a bit of a. A stickler, and it's also it's hard to go like, and it, it's I, I hear this in fandom a lot. It's like, um, well, if they do it well, like, and of course, if anything's done well, then it's good. But I, I think when you change the music too much or the opening, then it you're opening the gates to not do it well because I don't yeah. know. And and with that whole the crawl thing like and what you're going to replace it with like I also think about being in there on the first night and seeing it come up for the first time and the fun of and the, the almost the nervousness of reading that new crawl for the first time yeah. it's like like you better have something good to sacrifice that feeling I'm with you 100% 100% and and, and I can't imagine an opening credits that can rep- like that that feeling is so priceless and it's so like built into our sort of like youth that to sacrifice that with something else it's oh it's going to want to be good it's going to want to be real good mm. yep definitely yeah, yeah. Um, I, i'm with you I, I the one thing the one thing uh you know the the crawl again you know, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think it, 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 I would much prefer to have all the Star Wars movies open with crawls. But if they do get rid of it, and it is done well, the one thing I will never accept getting rid of is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. If, if that is not in front of the movie, I will be... If you think, if you think I'm angry about the, three, the Force Awakens 3D Blu-ray, uh, you, will, um, <laughs> you will understand my wrath. Uh, you, will, you will see my full wrath uh, when uh, 
what the day they lose a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. What about this? They bring out Rogue One, and it has this new opening, totally new, and then they bring out the Blu-ray in, you know, March or whenever, and then, you know, around November, they bring out the special edition Blu-ray 3D with opening crawl. I'll pay my 40 bucks. No. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and it could be called the Dominic Jones Temper Edition. <laughs> yeah, we want to send, it's, it, you know, we all have our we all have our Star Wars triggers for for steel. It's Snoke theories for me. It's uh, selling Blu-rays with for forty bucks again six months later. Uh, what yeah. else is on your mind, Mick? Just uh, I guess what uh, you're talking about. I think Dom mentioned before the, or Emily mentioned, like the average punter seems to be pretty confused about where Rogue One fits in. Uh, and I'm just wondering maybe if they need to like spell it out in some sort of I don't know um, like documentary style ad before it comes out um, like yeah just a lot, a lot of the people I speak to people that don't listen to like they'll go to the movies when they come out but they don't listen to podcasts or you know read blogs and things they're pretty confused about it those pussies <laughs> oh no <laughs> yes maybe they're not worth caring about uh, but no, I, I think Disney or Lucasfilm need to do something to just sort of fill in the blanks for people. There's got to be a next trailer, right, Dom? Mm-hmm. There's got to be another yeah. trailer. Yeah. There has to be, yeah. And I think in that one, it has to be just really like pinpointed on when this is. And yep. and what's going on? Another thing that is, is of interest is we haven't even heard Mendo speak yet in the trailer. <laughs> it all comes back to Mendo. Well, we haven't seen much of like the Imperial. I don't know. It doesn't feel like much of the Imperial side. Sort of like the characters on that side have really been explored at all yet. But I, I know Jason said this a couple times to me that he'd heard that before the film, you will know a lot about all the main characters. Like they're really going to like pump out information about all the different characters to get people across it. Okay. I'm intrigued to see how they would how they would do that. Is it? I mean, books, comics, or like TV spots? Like you remember the Phantom Menace TV spots that were like those those weird poems? Would it be something like that? Or yeah, maybe, or maybe just like web, like a series of yeah. web things. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe know. like what like, they did yeah, for the like web things. Maybe like some motion graphics and things just to show you how it all fits in. Nice flowchart. Yeah. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! This this film's got a budget, buddy. Let's just calm down. Um, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. They could. They can't afford to do that after all the reshoots. Oh God, Dom, you, you're in a surly mood today, Dom. I, I, what's happened to me? What has happened to me? <laughs> well, thanks so much for calling in, Mick, and uh, much, I will. I'll be in contact with you soon, buddy. Thanks, Mick. All good. See ya. I've actually been hanging up on people after they call, but I think if I push the... Oh, no. I think he just dropped out. Hey, Mick, did you just hang up or did I hang up on you? We're just trying to work out this uh, thing. You can can tweet me the answer. It is... Yeah. It it is quite amazing that we're... I'm able just to log on to this thing and 
have people call in. But our lines are open, Dom, after that flurry of calls. So if anyone wants to call in, the number is 646-668-8360. And that is an American number, but you can Skype in from anywhere. What else? I I saw both on uh, the Star Wars Underworld and Making Star Wars had up a video reviewing the Rogue One Black Series six-inch figures that have somehow already leaked. Yeah, how does that happen? That 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 always amazes me that there's always that like one country that gets the the the, the Rogue One uh, or not the Rogue One the new figures like six months in advance. Well, not six months, like six weeks in advance. It's like how did this happen? How did how, you're supposed you're they, they spend so much time trying to lock down these secrets? How do they let a case of toys get out to a store and wind up on the shelves? six weeks early that that's uh, that's amazing to me but then again you know people people really really want this stuff well maybe there's just so many figures coming for the release at uh rogue friday whatever it's called that the the warehouse just literally cannot contain all those ginersos they're just bursting I, I think, at the same I think you're going to be sorely disappointed on September 30th, 30th if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the figures um, that are up, there's like little YouTube reviews. There's a Jin Erso, there's uh, a Cassian, there's a K2SO and a Imperial Death Trooper in uh, the six-inch form. And... I don't know, from these, the figures look really good. What do you think? Yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, I, I've always thought the, the Black Series, in general, looks like very good figures. Like, they, they're, because they're six-inch, they, they, they're able to put a lot more detail into them than they could do with the three-and-three-quarter-inch stuff. And so, yeah, they, they come out with these, these really great-looking figures, and, you know, it just becomes a matter of if we can actually find them but i i mean like i love like looking at the k2 and the death trooper especially those two look um really impressive and and you know cassian and Jin look great but the um k2 and the death trooper especially there's something about those where i want oh yeah I, i'd see them and i'm like oh yeah i want that on the shelf yeah i was the k2 actually like I was stunned. I was like, wow, this is actually a really exciting figure. Like, just that, I guess that its dimensions are so off like a normal figure. And, I don't know, it just, and it just looks like, I, I think they did an, a really good job with that. And, of course, the the Black Series, the Death Trooper. I, I was wondering, like, you read, like, Lost Stars and stuff. And, you know, it's about people being in the Empire, and, you know, they sort of, I guess, some of them, like, feel like they're fighting the good fight. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, it's a, I don't know, it's hard to paint in a positive way when you ring your mum and you're like, oh, I just got promoted to Death Trooper. Can't wait <laughs> to get out there and start trooping some death. Yeah. Fighting the good fight. <laughs> I, I, I almost wonder if maybe we're going to find out in the movie that Death Trooper is 
that's like an unofficial nickname. Like they're, they're really the, you know, enforcer troopers, but everybody actually calls them the death troopers because, you know, they bring death and all that. Oh, well, you can see on the side of the Hasbro box, it says Imperial Death Trooper. Why well, would the side of the is, box lie to me? It's, it's not like the side of the box has ever lied to us before. So, I, I mean, maybe they're just keeping that information super secret. I don't know. <laughs> it, it sounds like you had a bad breakup with the side of a box. <laughs> the box there, yeah, it, was, it was awful. It was, it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the other thing that uh, a little bit of information on the box is uh, the Captain Castian figure is in, how do you pronounce this? Adu, the, the planet? Yeah, he, he's in Adu. Yeah, he's I, in yeah, Adu Fatigues or something. So had you heard of that planet previously, Dom? I mean, it's one of those things that kind of sounds familiar. It might have been in a, a a rumor six months ago, but like I can't place where it came from. And it, it it does. It also sounds like some planets that we've heard of before. So I might just be confusing them, confusing it with them. But I I can't like I can't look at the trailer and go, oh yeah, that's Edu or or, or something like that. The way we can with Jetta or Scarif or Yavin. Yeah, I'm still a little bit. A few of those middle planets, I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know which one's which. Yeah, so, maybe, maybe this is maybe this is that um, you know, where all the mountains are that where we see the X wings flying through at night. Maybe that's this planet. Yeah, I I love that 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 clip of the X wings. That was oh, that's so good. Like that's my favorite part of the trailer. Like forget Darth Vader. That is the moment where I'm like, oh, this is this is this is Star Wars. This is so good. Mm, mm. It's weird that people, I don't know, there's that Catch-22 with Star Wars fans that, like, people, oh, more X-Wings, I'm sick of X-Wings, and it's like, yeah. well, it's, it's just before <laughs> Star Wars, like, you, like yeah, I don't know, there's that, that thing. I, I understand people feeling like Episode Seven should have had more ship, new ship designs, and I, and I kind of agree with that. Um but with this movie, to complain about anything familiar is kind of insane because, yeah, it's, you know, it's a week before the original movie. It's, it's a week before A New Hope. I, I, if they had something different that would have been useful in the, in the attack on the Death Star and they didn't use it, it kind of makes you, makes you wonder, like, what, what's going on with the Rebellion? Are they really capable of, of leading this fight? So, I, you know... X-Wings are one of those things, though, I'll, I'll never be upset about seeing an X-Wing in a movie. It could be a movie set 100 years from Return of the Jedi, and if they're still flying around in X-Wings, I'm like, I'm good. I'm okay with that, um, as long as there's other new stuff to go along with it. But X-Wings, X-Wings are like Chewbacca or the Millennium Falcon. You can keep it going as long as you want. Yeah, I've, I've just got such fond X-Wing thoughts. Like, I was just thrilled oh, to yeah. see them in a you know a different environment and like i'm and and they are a slightly different model of x-wing am i or is that just yeah, one right. of them or all, all of them i i felt like they were a slightly sort of different model but i, I don't know i, I, I guess I, it, I didn't i didn't notice any anything but then again i'm not i'm not a real like i can't tell you the difference between uh two star destroyers or anything like that. Like that, that sort of detail is something that kind of goes over my head. So, 
Detail? They're like a kilometre long, Dom. <laughs> yes, that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dom, um, we, that hour and a half actually, it, it breezed past. Was that fast? Yeah. Enough? It felt... It yeah, I'm, look I'm, at the I'm, clock. Yeah, I'm looking at and this we've got, timer. We've got a minute and 20 seconds left. <laughs> So what I'd like to do, if you've got time after, we'll record a, a little bonus section for the supporters, um, which cool. is something I want to do every week. Um, you know, we've got to talk about uh, the theory, the crazy theory about episode eight getting released early. Uh, in my opinion, oh my we've got um, Rogue One Empire covers. Uh, we've got, already got two covers released for that. And I've got a, uh, some Empire Magazine thoughts, some memories to share with you, Dom, oh, that nice. you'll find very entertaining. Um, and edita- okay. editing on Star Wars Episode Eight has begun and the international trailer are some of the things we uh, have got to discuss. But Dom, um, plug your stuff before we go off the free feed. Yes, everybody should uh, check out the Star Wars Underworld, the Star Wars Underworld podcast, which is uh, available every Friday. We have new episodes. Our latest episode uh, was looking back at day three of Star Wars Celebration. Uh, It was a lot of fun to check that out. You can find that and all the latest Star Wars news at StarWarsUnderworld.com. And that is one of my mainstay podcasts. I uh, I look forward to that every week. Um, and yeah, we'll be doing this next week. Uh, we've got. I'm not sure who's going to be co-hosting next week, but uh, Jason Ward's coming up. Uh, Nick Mason from the Weekly Planet coming up. Yeah, we'll get more calls, and I'll get used to using this thing. And may that force be with you. It's a wrap. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the very first Steel Wars call-in show. A few little bugs to work through, and I'm going to do some investigation on how to make the sound on Blog Talk Radio a little less AM radio, but I love the format. It was super, super fun, and I hope you guys can join us and uh, call in live if you are free. Right now, the plan is for it to go down if you're in America on the East Coast, 9pm Friday night, West Coast, 6pm Friday night, and if you're in Australia on the East Coast, it is is 11 a.m. Saturday mornings. We tried to do a time that would fit in with the majority of our listeners and also my life. And that was the time chosen, but it was super cool. And if you are a supporter on the VIP supporter page or on the Bandcamp which you guys can easily sign up for if you want. And this week's a great week to do it because me and Dom recorded a bonus show. We didn't mean it to go this long, but we did another hour. Every week I want to record a, a segment longer, you know, maybe like 20, 30 minutes, but we we got right into it. Time flies when me and Dom talk, apparently, and we covered things like Ryan Johnson beginning editing episode eight. Is there any chance episode eight is released early? I've got some strong words about that. Uh, we talk about the Rogue One Empire Magazine covers, and I tell quite an adorable story about the time Empire Magazine came to my house. We talk 
talk Galen Urso, Anakin Skywalker, Mendo, and the comedy of Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. It is a great bonus chat. And for $3 a month, you can get all this bonus content. The Gonkin Steel Trash Compactor, the Q&As, full access to our back catalogue. And now... Each week, you get a bonus section to the call-in show. And you also get all the shows without any plugs or advertisements clogging up the conversation, which some people really appreciate. And that's for $3 Australian a month, which works out to about $2.20 American a month. You can get all the information on steelwars.com, and it's all handled through the very secure web platform of bandcamp.com. As you are listening to this, you've probably noticed that all this is on a new feed, and that feed needs a bit of love and attention. So if you can write a sweet review, click five stars, and most importantly at the moment, just click subscribe. Just keep clicking subscribe, because that will really bump us up the rankings. On the main Steel Wars show this week, we have got a tribute to Kenny Baker with many previous guests calling in to give some really fascinating tales of first-hand accounts of uh, hanging out with Kenny and some great memories of the much-missed Kenny Baker. So get over on that feed and hit download there, you guys, and may that force be with you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.